Breaking live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Friday, everybody. Feels like a... There's a different type of vibe in the air, I feel like. There's a different type of vibe in the air, on the interwebs, on social media. People are happy again. People are intrigued because Urban Meyer um, is officially off the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and people are celebrating. Who knows what this game against Houston is going to look like? Who knows if the teal comes out in full force? Who knows if Duval comes out in full force and, 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 you know, puts on a show for their team? I mean, I, I think this is... And Casey, correct me if I'm wrong, probably the most excited this fan base has been since... Game one. Yeah, I mean, like, there was a little peak that you had against the Bills because that was fun. You know, you beat the Buffalo Bills. But now what does that say? Because are the Bills really that good of a team? Right. Um, But, yeah, overall, I think, like, in totality, yeah, it's been since week one. And that quickly disintegrated in terms of hope and intrigue because, well, you get beat by the Houston Texans. But guess what? Now you got to make it right. Now it's Friday. We should be breaking the game down. What does Houston bring to the table? But let's be honest. You guys don't come here for that. We got to talk Urban Meyer. We, we, we got to talk about the next coaching candidates. I know how this game works, all right? The, the pro in me wants to be like, all right, I mean, you know, D- D- Davis Mills, you know, when you, when you blitz him up the middle, he gets a little shaky every once in a while. Like, I get he's got some pretty good stats, but this guy can be beat. Joe Cohen can dial up a, a good game plan. But who's the next Jaguars coach going to be, right? I think that's the, the biggest news of the day right now, and that's, you know, what, what's all over social media. That's what people are talking about is who is the next Jaguars coach going to be? We broke it down a little bit yesterday, and – This is where I find myself cautioning people just a little bit. Because whether it's the national experts, whether it wasn't, you know, I was on Twitter, you know, doing just a a little research and stuff like that. But um, this guy named Quinn, and I'll I'll probably mess up his name, Quinn Stoner, um, who works with the SEC, said that the Jaguars job is sexy as hell. The expletive that Urban Meyer did exposed Trevor Lawrence, and it's better than anyone could have expected. The way he handled this week was incredible. He will have big-time success the minute he gets quality folks in the building. Book it. I saw that quote everywhere. Yes, I think Trevor Lawrence has handled himself miraculously, right? We, we, we break down the press conferences all the time. We celebrate it on this show, maybe more than any show in, the, in this country. Uh, we is a little... It's whatever for one, me. One third of the team. Hey, it's whatever for me, right? Because number one, you're Trevor Lawrence. You're the first overall pick. Uh, you've had success your entire life. One doesn't get that much success without being a little self-aware. One doesn't get that much success without, you know, probably having some good people skills and having some good leadership qualities, which Trevor Lawrence has in spades. So, no, I mean, I'm not going to rain anybody's parade and say, well, we shouldn't dive too far into what Trevor Lawrence says at every single press conference or how he handles himself. But let me ask you this. Do you remember Tom Brady's first press conference or his rookie year, how how he handled himself? Because I don't. I I don't think I was born. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. 
Do you remember how Patrick Mahomes handled himself at the first press conference? Uh, was he a little shy? And so stuff? the only thing I remember about the first time I heard Patrick Mahomes talk was, his, was voice. his voice. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what he said, but, but n- nobody was saying like, "Oh wow, this That's guy." True. I mean, you know, Alex Smith leaves. You know, Andy Reid now. I mean, a lot of pressure on him. Like I, I don't remember any. Patrick Mahomes sound bites that were like, oh, this guy's going to be the best player in the league for 20 years to come. I don't remember that at all. And, and I guess that's, that's the point that, I, that I'm trying to make here. Like, I, I haven't heard a lot of Zach Wilson sound bites. I mean, you know, I remember in the beginning it was more about his mom on TikTok than it was with anything. Mm-hmm. We love to celebrate sound bites, and that's great. But just because you have great sound bites doesn't mean that you're going to be a great football player. And just because you have bad sound bites doesn't mean you're going to be a bad football player. Um, it's as simple as that. Now, I think with what comes by with Trevor Lawrence in these interviews is the fact that he displays his leadership, what you like to see. He displays his IQ and his smarts, what you like to see. But we got to see that correlate on the field now, right? And hopefully with Urban Meyer gone, a weight being lifted, now the press conferences can match on the field performance. Because I'll be honest... I'll take the worst. I, I will take a Nick Foles press conference week in and week out if it means that you're throwing four touchdowns a game, right? If I can come in here on a Monday and say, man, Trevor Lawrence, A-plus grade, you know, forget summer school, this guy's back, he's, he's a valedictorian now. If I can come in here and do that, then I really don't care about what, what the press conference says. It's just it's the fact right now that he's not playing well, so that's what we have to gravitate to and say, hey, he's going to be special one day, which I think he's going to be. But we just haven't seen that quite yet. So, like I teased the opening segment here, who's the next Jaguars head coach going to be? Everybody around, you know, football talk, I say in parentheses, wants to say that the Jaguars have the most enticing job. It's the most intriguing job right now. Like, they're going to get their pick of the litter. Yes and no. Because you got the pick of the litter with Urban Meyer. And why did that happen? Well, Trevor Lawrence is a big reason why. You had, turf, you had two first-round draft picks. You had all the draft capital in the world. You had all the salary cap in the world. Like, that got Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer wasn't going to any team. Urban Meyer had to go to the right team. Now, unfortunately, it was Jacksonville. It is what it is. You cut ties. We live. We move on. We live to see another day. But if we let history be our indicator, sometimes the most enticing teams don't always get the job done in terms of getting their guy, of getting the most notable guy. Matt Rule is a classic example of this. Matt Rule, at the time when he was coming out of Baylor, was the most intriguing get. He was the guy that everybody was trying to court. And a lot of people thought, all right, Matt Rule, you know, had experience with the New York Giants, Giants new new head coach. It's a match made in heaven, large market New York. But then here comes the Carolina Panthers out of nowhere and says, ah, no, we're going to offer him whatever, an eight, nine-year deal. And Matt Rule's now the Carolina Panthers head coach. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. At least I didn't see that coming. And in terms of, you know, the, the capital, the draft capital, in terms of the salary, Carolina wasn't the most enticing job. So I understand right now that people are in Jacksonville were excited, you know, the pick of the litter, if you will. But there's going to be other jobs out there. This is the NFL. And Casey, this is what I want to do with you here on a Friday. You know, sometimes we play games. Sometimes we talk about jackrabbits. Sometimes we go mm-hmm. off the rails. I'm trying to keep us afloat right now. I'm trying to keep us towards the navigational beacon, if you will. All right. If we're talking about teams right now in the NFL. I like where this is going. That are more than likely going to fire their head coach. I yep. mean, right, right off the get-go, a few got to come to mind. Yep. Chicago. 
my number one. How Matt Nagy is still there is a little beyond me. You know, how the whole Andy Dalton, Justin Fields thing went down. You know, Justin Fields, one of his very first starts, if not the, the very first start, zero offensive game plan coming from an offensive-minded coach in Matt Nagy. He's all but gone, correct? Yeah. All right, so let's go and put the Bears on the list. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very telling with the Minnesota Vikings what, what they're able to do here Ooh. because this is a team that's still competing for the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But this is a team, you know, and, and Brent said this a lot, and I agree with him here uh, in, in terms of Zimmer. Defensive-minded coach number one, one of probably, you know, I don't want to say the worst defense, but their defense isn't the reason why they're winning right now. It's pretty right? bad, yeah. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, this is an offensive-minded team. Uh, their defense is starting to come along a little bit, but you're 6-7 and seven right now trying to make the playoffs. Let's say Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings don't make the playoffs. Vikings? Uh, 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 are they going to fire Mike Zimmer? If I were in charge and you don't make the playoffs with your roster, having the incredible players you do, yes, I fire him. Okay, so Mike Zimmer, we'll see you later. Okay, so that's two teams. You know, I, I, was, I saw an article. I, I, like, I was doing some research. I saw an article. They're saying Matt Rule might be on the hot seat. I'm not ready to get the Matt Rule hot seat quite yet. How do you feel about that? I don't see it. No. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't spent a lot a of time. back first, you he know, may, and then let's see. Now, if he is the one that made the call on Sam Darnold, which obviously didn't work, then you have to hold that against him. But, sure. I mean, Carolina, are, are they talented? Are they not? Their defense is playing well. Like, there are reasons to believe you should keep Matt Rule. I don't think you should fire him. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think he's going to stay, especially with what they hired him for, you know, in terms of the longevity. Right. They're, they're going to try to see it through as long as possible. I think you have to give him... A true quarterback, whether it's in the draft, whether you get a guy like Matt Corral, uh, Pickett, whoever the case may be, I think they give him at least another year to try to make things right. Joe Judge, New York Giants. I think he's done. I feel like he's done, but I always keep it locked to ESPN 690, so you hear the national shows that are based in New York, and there's a belief that he will stay. Yeah. I wouldn't stay with it. He, he's a big uh, Trevor Lawrence win the press conference guy. Sure, like sure. Every time he says stuff. So I would I would move on because, yikes, but I don't know if they will. Yeah, let's let's just for the fun of it say it's open. Yeah, let's say it's open. You know, 4-9 and nine right now in the NFC East. Um, haven't had a lot of success. Daniel Jones, you know, probably not worth where he was taken. If you want to put him at running back, so be it. But last time I checked, Daniel Jones is a quarterback. And, and the he, Galladay signing is not looking good. Kenny Gaude signing is not going well. Wanted to fight Daniel Jones uh, during a game because I should know I had, I had Kenny Gaude on my fantasy team. What a mistake that was. You can't win them all, man. Saquon Barkley getting hurt. Yeah, so, you know, the, the Giants, we'll see. Um, Judge still fairly new to the head coaching game there in New York, but you get the sense that they need a, a fresh coat of paint. They, they need new... Um, blood in there. I'm not sure if Joe Judge is going to be the guy. So what is that, Casey? We got three teams right now? We got three, yes. I think we at least need to take a long, hard look at the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio. Now, they're seven and six. Could make the playoffs. But off to such a hot start and then slowly started to disintegrate a little bit. How do you feel about Vic Fangio? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird because their schedule the rest of the way is going to be telling because you've got good – you play the Bengals, good mm-hmm. team. You play the Raiders, decent team. Mm-hmm. play the Chargers, good team, and you play the Chiefs, good team. If you can't win those games, then, yeah, you probably need to make a change because those are the teams you need to beat, the Chiefs, exactly. the Chargers. So if you – 
I mean, th- there's a chance they go 0-4. I think there's a realistic chance they go 0-4, including the Raiders. So if you if you end up in that situation or only win one of those, I think you need to look uh, in that direction. All right, so for, for the sake of this drill, let's put the Broncos in there as well. Let's do it. Another team that, stank, that, that sticks out to me right now um, through this list, I mean, you know, possibly the Raiders. We'll see what happens with them, right? I mean, obviously the Raiders are a mess, to say the least. Um, and they're upset, and they have every right to reason to be. We'll break that down later in terms of their game got switched now with the Cleveland Browns going to be on a Tuesday uh, because the Browns have had way too many players test positive for COVID-19, and I think it warrants the question, is that fair? Just, just when I thought the only player that hadn't test positive, Nick Chubb. They were on quarterback three. I have Nick yeah. Chubb in a different fantasy league. Boy, was I smelling the 60 carries. Well, <laughs> no, for sure, but I, I get the feeling like in terms of fantasy, don't fret because – he, he will that's play. Gonna carry, but that's going to carry over, right? I mean, I'm not sure how fantasy football is going to operate here in terms of, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if they, they get almost ba- got extended. If they get Baker back, though, that's the thing. Oh, I got you. Like with third string quarterback that doesn't about. know the offense, I th- literally thought he was going to get 60 carries. I got you. I got you. And Kareem Hunt's out. Yeah. For injury. Um, so, Miami Dolphins, Flores, I think he's safe another year. Um, th- that could be South Beach, Gary Conan right now to argue with it, but I think Flores is going to be safe. So, to me, the, the only other team that could warrant a new head coach would be David Culley because I've said this many times in the show. When I was in Houston a couple weeks ago, they are hell-bent on saying that David Culley's not the guy. Now, I'm not sure what you expected from David Culley with what they have on that roster with all the drama that Deshaun Watson brought to the table. I'm not sure because I don't follow, you know, Houston with a, with a microscope here in terms of are there locker room issues? Um, is the team imploding? I don't get that sense. But I just feel like David Culley was put in position to kind of fail in terms of, well, what did you really expect from him? But I think for the sake of the argument, let's go and put him in the mix as well because that's what you got to. That's what Texans fans want, you know, and you Houston obviously being 2-11. Two so, wins, so theoretically we got five or six teams here, Casey. Yeah that are going to be available for a new head coach, right? That's pretty standard um, in terms of how the NFL, you know, operates every single year. Out of those teams that I named, you know, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Texans, whether it's the Broncos, um, whether, I'm trying to think of some of the other teams that is named here. The Bears. Whether it's the Bears. Vikings. Whether it's the Vikings, whether it's the Raiders. Knowing what you know, and I, listen, we don't know the salary caps of every single team. We know Jacksonville's probably in, 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 in top place right now in terms of that. I think in draft capital, New York's probably got Jacksonville beat the Giants because I think they have two first-round picks this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. What, just what job on paper, and, and take, take it on the quarterback and the, the rosters, all that stuff too, but in your opinion, what jobs seem the most entertaining to you right now if you're a head coach trying to be, you know, trying to be courted by these teams? Yeah, I Minnesota has to be number one Minnesota. for me. I mean, if you can, even if you're a de- if you're a defensive guy, you look at it as I don't even have to touch the offense. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I don't yeah. even have to do anything, but keep my players. And if you're an offensive coach, you think, holy crap, we could score sixty points a game when I get this you know playbook in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's got to be so attractive. And if you're with if you're with it on Kirk Cousins, great. If not, you find your other option. You draft him. You wait. You let whatever you do there. But I think. The explosive players that you have, you don't have one wide receiver, you have two. Mm-hmm. You have the at least a top three running back. Kirk Cousins, against all odds, is pretty decent. And I, I, I don't know how you could look at their situation and look at Jacksonville because all Jacksonville you would have is you have Trevor Lawrence, you have no receivers. Yeah. 
they at least have a quarterback. They definitely have the receivers, and they definitely have the running back. So if I was ranking those teams, Minnesota's number one for well, me. Well, now, now keep in mind, though, I mean, you do have James Robinson here. You do have Travis Etienne here. Now, what that's going to look like and what capacity time will tell. But you do have that part covered. Offensive line's probably going to need some help. Wide receivers definitely need some help. But, I mean, I, I get what you're saying here, Casey, where in terms of if you're a head coach and you want to win right now, and say Mike Zimmer gets fired, then yeah, Minnesota's probably the place for you. Now, you're playing against, and keep in mind, too, in terms of intrigue, in terms of courting a head coach, Aaron Rodgers might be gone. Yeah. If Rodgers leaves Green Bay, and it's the Jordan Love show, which we've seen against Kansas City, spoiler alert. Love that guy. Might need some time. And you got the Detroit Lions, who, you know, Campbell's going to do what Campbell's going to do, but how good are they really? And then you got the Chicago Bears who will be in the market for a new head coach. Whoever, you know, Justin Fields, hopefully he's going to be the savior there in Chicago. It's not a bad call, Casey, from the standpoint of if you want to win right now or next season, I mean, then Minnesota might be the job for you. I think we're at the point in the NFL where you see how the leash is continuously getting shorter. Mm. You don't really have multiple years to win at this point. No, I mean, no. Urban, obviously there was more at play there, but Urban Meyer just got fired 13 games in. Mm-hmm. Like, these things are happening one and done in the NFL now. So, if you want to have to win games, with that offense alone, if you can just put a deep, like, what do they have, six wins we just said? Yeah. You can do that without really doing anything. And if you're a coach that can elevate your team and bring in the right assistants and right players, it's only up from six. So then, out of those teams that I named, the five or six teams that I named, where do you have Jacksonville in that list then? Are they towards the top or are they on the bottom here? I would say two or three. Two or because three. Okay. I also so it's think, still an enticing job. Yeah, I yeah. think Chicago's really attractive, too. Just because of... Justin Fields. Okay. And you, Mooney has turned out to be a good player. I think Cole Komet's going to be really good at tight end. Okay. Allen Robinson, obviously, you have a situation there. Yeah. Because he was tagged, right? Correct. So you got to make a decision there, but... Who's been hurt, you know, a lot this season, not yeah. playing up to his caliber that he, we're accustomed to seeing. David Montgomery's a good back. I yeah. think he's comparable with James Robinson, but I think he is a good back, and then... Their defense is okay, so I think, and like you said, you're probably going to have a situation where if Aaron Rodgers leaves, mm-hmm. you've got another new coach if Minnesota does fire. So I think those two jobs, those two jobs are really interesting to me, but I think Jacksonville has to be above Houston or the Gi- even the Giants. Yeah. Um, See, y- you aren't wrong here, and you actually, I didn't have Minnesota as my number one going into this exercise here, but the way you've kind of presented it, I, I-, I can see a lot of valid points. And I see a team in Minnesota, if they do indeed let Zimmer go, where it's like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because we want to win right now, right? I mean, yeah, th- there's some ego to it where you want to rebuild the whole thing and say, that was me, right? I mean, every coach is going to have an ego, and every coach wants to say, I was the guy that turned it around. And that's fun and everything, but that's also hard work. You know what's a little easier? Going to a team that has all-pro talent and saying, yeah, I took that team, and maybe they, they went 500. Maybe they just barely scraped by and made the playoffs, but then I elevated them. That's also enticing. I think with Jack, and to answer, you know, my own question here, I would put Minnesota at number one in terms of, you know, the most intriguing team for an NFL head coach. You know, the Giants, I mean, do you buy into the large market hype? I think, you know, in terms of draft capital, the Giants have that. I'm not sure where they're on salary cap per se. I think in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, with the salary cap, no state tax, the weather. Like, yeah, Minnesota's great, and Minnesota's a fantastic—I mean, the Twin Cities, fantastic. Love the Twin Cities. 
Great food, great people. Um, Stadium's nice. Really, like, up to... The city's, like, so high-tech and everything. They got tunnels for everything, so you don't have to go outside in the wintertime. Whoa. It's great, but still Minnesota. Yeah. Still, hey, still still got some wind chill going on there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. In the wintertime. No, uh-huh. summertime's beautiful. I mean, l- lake effect breeze, 80-degree temperatures, no humidity. Yeah. Okay. But here, wintertime right now, December 17th, I don't know, 80, 80 degrees? 80 degrees, yeah. Shout out to global warming. No, I'm kidding. But I'm not. But I, <laughs> but I think Jacksonville is definitely in the, in the upper echelon at least. But I think what we have to remember here is it's in the upper echelon for us because we cover this team. I don't know. I mean, I kind of have a feeling, but I don't know, like, how the outside world perceives us. I know they make fun of Jacksonville as, you know, let's be honest, the past couple of weeks they have every right to. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, if you're like a Josh McDaniels, if if you're an offensive coordinator right now, and I'm not saying a coach that's out of the league that you might bring back into the league. I'm saying if you're like a Josh McDaniels and you got a good thing in New England, do you want to come to Jacksonville amid everything that you've read the past couple of seasons? Now, 2017... Yes, that was the flash in the pan. That was special. It shows that, yes, you can win in Jacksonville and you can have success. But my worry here is that the bad optics these past couple of years and especially this, these past couple of weeks, do you think they outshine what the good was here in 2017? Uh, oh, yikes. I mean... Because, like, for me, I can see, like... Caldwell coming in and saying, all right, Trevor Lawrence, let's go to work. You know, like, that, that's all you yeah. have to say. I can see Caldwell coming in and saying, all right, all the salary cap money, you know, um, you know, a, a roster of young talent that I can, I can help elevate. I think that's intriguing from a coach on the outside looking in. But I'm saying from a coordinator coming from a great spot in New England or, or I don't know, pick your guy in Tampa, do you think it's that enticing to come here then? I think if you're, specifically if you're Josh McDaniels, you look at it because here's the thing we're never really there's no argument with Josh like we know that he is coaching the offense for the New England Patriots and he has been you know what I mean so like that's the direct when if they win the Super Bowl they're gonna be like wow he did it he helped Mac Jones get to that point you see what I'm Mm -hmm, saying mm -hmm. so I think if you're Josh McDaniels you look at it and you say Mac Jones Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. and that's how you make your decision but you don't think any of the the other optics go into it You, you don't think Man, you know, in terms of the, the whole Urban Meyer fiasco, the, her, the whole terms of grievance gated from a couple of years ago where players are speaking out. I mean, you know, obviously these things follow Shad Khan. Now, you, if, you're a, a, if you're getting interviewed, you're not going to sit in front of Shad Khan and say, well, this is your fault. Like, it's, it's your fault why Urban Meyer was in the bar in Cincinnati. It's your fault why Urban Meyer kicked Josh Lambeau. Like, that's not going to be tied to Shad Khan. Now, Shad Khan still pulled the trigger on getting that guy here. Shad Khan still pulled the trigger on Tom Coughlin coming here and having a year of success and then turning around and it being a dumpster fire in terms of players wanting out and nobody getting along. Wasn't Shad Khan's fault, but he brought those guys in. Do you think there's a little... Uh, I'm a little leery possibly at the ownership of the front office of the Jacksonville Jaguars just because of all the bad things that have happened here. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. And I think you, if you're just anybody, you have to ask yourself that. But I also would like to believe that if you've gotten this far as a coach, yeah. you have to have a 
insane amount of ego. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put that out, that's fine. But if you're Josh McDaniels, I guess, you have to be saying, yeah, it's it's kind of a disaster over there. But look what I've done with Mac. Like, with everything I've done, mm -hmm. I'm good enough to make and want people to come here because of my track record here in New England. Mm -hmm. Like, in, in his head, if I was him, I would say, I'm the perfect guy to change the dysfunction coming from literally no dysfunction. And this is why... I guess I'm campaigning here, and who knows, maybe I'm going to change my, my mind a little bit um, as the season progresses, as we, you know, get into draft talk and as we start analyzing who these candidates are going to be. But I'm such a big advocate of getting a guy who might have been a head coach before just because, yes, Trevor Lawrence, like that's, that, that's their one selling point right there, Trevor Lawrence, the end. Right? Okay. Right. Like, New York, yeah, you got two first-round picks. Yeah, you got a large market city. Yeah, you got the Chicago Bears. You got Justin Fields. You got the history of the Bears and the ownership and everything. And granted, the Jaguars don't have the history. But Trevor Lawrence right now, he's, he's the golden ticket. Right now, I get the performance on the field. Not good. But you don't fall in love with the performance on the field this year. If you're a head coach coming in, you fall in love with what it could be. And that's got to be the selling point because of how yes. bad he has looked you say look what i can i can fix it i can change his career and when they look back on it yeah. where the ego comes in i mean i did that how do you think matt lafleur felt now matt lafleur wasn't a head coach previous i mean he wasn't a head coach you know in the nfl previously to, to this leaves tennessee goes to green bay oh i get aaron Rodgers. sweet yeah yeah hey you know what i'm an offensive-minded guy aaron Rodgers is pretty good we can make this thing work now they haven't won the big one yet but they've had a lot of success there at the end of the day, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is the golden ticket. But I'm not going to call him the golden ticket because of what I hear in the press conference. I'm still going to call him the golden ticket because of what we think he could be on the field. That and his hair. When golden. you win game, yeah. well, the hair, I mean, hey, I gotta, that yeah. goes without saying, Casey. I, I hear Shame. I mean, Justin Fields got a, a nice looking, a nice set of hair on him, too, as well. Yeah. Zach Wilson can step your game up a little bit. A little bit. You hide it behind a headband, you ain't fooling nobody. No fools here. So now, we just broke it down. What teams are the most intriguing for a new head coach to go to? Now, what head coaches should the Jaguars pursue? More on ESPN 690 when we get back. I am annoyed that people are saying they need to hire the best offensive coach. It makes no sense to me. Why? Belichick, Carroll, Tomlin, best coaches in the NFL. A lot of them are defensive guys. Just hired the best leader. You can get a coordinator to, like, scheme it up and make Trevor Lawrence better. You can get a personal quarterback coach who only does quarterback stuff to follow him around and make sure that he has good fundamentals. Like, hire someone to lead your organization. Whatever Urban Meyer was supposed to be, hire someone who actually is. Shut it down, Casey. Shut it down. Who, that was, uh... Ian Rappaport? Yeah. Shut it down. Ian Rappaport's getting banned from the show. If we ever have him on here, ban him. Put him on the banned list. Okay. Along up there with, uh, whatchamacallit, the guy that we had here from Michigan, the uh, linebacker. Um, oh, uh, liked, Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Banned because you liked the second Star Wars movie of the, the new trilogy. Not Ooh. that good. Jake Ryan, you've been banned. Ian Rappaport is on his way to being banned. Why do I say this, Casey? I'm assuming about the offensive part yeah, of the sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and, and we're going to break that down quick here. Action Sports Jacks, 
ESPN 690, Austin Lane, Casey pushing all the right buttons. Want to give a, a phone number real quick, 904-362-9901. Yeah, I memorized it. Just kidding. No, I didn't. It's on the computer screen on Brent's computer, so I'm just cheating, Casey. Thought I had you beat, then I thought I tricked you. It's a good, it's a good call, though. No, nope, but 904-362-9901 or star star 690. And before we take calls here, I got to establish this, everybody. We have a new guy in town, right? We have Casey pushing the right buttons. But we also have, what are we calling you again? The accountant? No, what are we calling you? You made it up. I know, I forgot about it. I think it was the auditor. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we have the auditor now answering, answering phone calls, right? Because if you want to be right about Urban Meyer, you got to accept being wrong about Will Fuller. If you want to be right about Walker Little maybe being intriguing in training camp, then you got to be wrong about Curtis Samuel coming to Jacksonville Jaguars because that was another big one. So, Casey, get out that notepad, start taking notes, Start taking receipts because people are going to be held accountable around here, okay? It's almost the new year, almost going into season three now of Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690. And the key word for season three of ESPN 690 is going to be accountability. Accountability from me, accountability from Casey, when Brent's here, accountability from him, and accountability from our phone callers, right? If you say you bring in Curtis Samuel because he's going to be dynamic, he's an Urban Meyer guy, and it doesn't work out, I might have to call you out on that one. Okay? Receipts will be kept. The auditor is here. Be worried. Casey, who do we got on the line right now? Yeah, Steven. Steven, how we doing, man? Welcome to Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. Great to hear from you. How you doing? I knew you were going to come that. If you were going in that direction, I knew you were going the Curtis Samuel route. Oh, I mean, hey, man, the, the, the key word this year, the, the next season is accountability. I've made some mistakes. You've made some mistakes. Okay. We've all made mistakes. Okay. But, Steven, are we learning from them, right? Are we learning? Yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, all right. Okay, I, I promoted him at the time. Yep. But, I mean, he's injury-stricken nonstop. So. Yep. Uh, but, anyway, I wanted to get my opinion because uh, I think it's too much of a coincidence, but I know you're a big stickler on conspiracy theories. <laughs> you better believe it. Because, uh, you know, the same night Urban gets fired – they had that owner's meeting about being able to talk to coaches two weeks earlier before the season ends. Mm -hmm. Quite a conspiracy theory there. Correct. But anyways, uh, I like the Jim Caldwell idea. The only issue is, you know, he's an older coach at 66. He's been away for two years. And when he left, I believe he was having health issues as well. Mm. But that's why I'm also high on Byron Leftwich. I think I can, we can get him in. I mean, Bruce Arians promotes him all the time, said he wouldn't be a head coach without his right-hand man there. Um, has experience with the GOAT. Uh, when, when he left here as a quarterback, he experienced the culture at Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a great culture. Mm -hmm. Or it was. I don't know what's going on over there now. but I, I mean, um, no. I mean, I'm still going to give Pittsburgh the benefit of the doubt. I think they still have a great culture built up over there. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with you. But also... I wanted to give your uh, get your ultimate opinion on this because I I want this duo here. This is what I want: Balky gone. I want Lewis Riddick and Byron Leftwich. That's who I want. Mm, okay. And heck, if you could get a cherry on top and maybe hey, uh, Caldwell has wanted to come back and coach, get him as OC. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. There's my intrigue. Okay, okay, all right. Appreciate you, Stephen. Uh, Mr. Auditor, go ahead and take that, those numbers down here. So we got yeah, Caldwell. Right okay, yeah. we, we, no, you know, he said uh, Leftwich, uh, Lewis Riddick. I, I get Lewis Riddick, you know, um, because the guy's everywhere, right? He's 
very relatable. I feel like in NFL locker rooms, he seems to get it, you know, as far as experience in the NFL. He was a scout, uh, director of pro personnel for the Eagles, um, director of pro personnel for the, uh, for the Washington football team back in 2005, 2007. So, yeah, the, the guy brings wealth of experience. Um, you know, as a first-time GM, and he's been interviewing now for a little bit. He interviewed last year for the Texans, um, the Lions. <sighs> GM's a different animal. You know, I mean, it's, it's under the same constructs, but it's a different animal. And I feel like, and I'm, just come with me here a little bit. I feel like in terms of the sexy hire, Lewis Riddick would be that, okay? I feel like in terms of the hire of Byron Leftwich, I, I mean, I think it's a little aggressive, uh, because there is the unknown a little bit. He's never been a head coach before. He is coming back to Jacksonville, which, you know, he's been around the city, so you can appreciate that. He did do good things with, with uh, Jameis Winston as much as you could. Like, people want to talk about all these interceptions. Well, he also had 30 touchdowns with Jameis Winston as well, right? And we kind of know who Jameis Winston is. He's, he, he's a boomer bust type of player. One game, and if you're playing in fantasy, he might give you five touchdowns and zero interceptions. The next game, it could be two touchdowns and seven interceptions. You know, that's just, that's the M.O. of Jameis Winston. So you get the sense that Leftwich probably milked out as much as he could from Jameis Winston in terms of talent and performance. If you have Trevor Lawrence, well, yeah, it, it, it could look beautiful. And I do like the fact that he comes from, you know, a Pittsburgh tree, which has been known for their culture. And I do like the fact that he's kind of learned under Bruce Arians, who I got a lot of respect for Bruce Arians, um, of the way that he runs his offense. Now, they don't run the football a lot. I mean, Leonard Fournette's had his fair share of touchdowns, but, like, it's pass first, pass first, pass first. It's definitely more of the modern era NFL, which I'm not upset with. So I'm not mad, per se, at Byron Leftwich. He's not probably my top two or top three, if we're being honest, but I see where you're coming from. Lewis Riddick, though, is, is interesting because he's the sexy pick. And to me, last year, Urban Meyer was the sexy pick, right? He, I mean, everybody was talking about Urban Meyer. He was the hot guy in the bar, right? He might have been the hot girl in the bar in Cincinnati. You know, you know what I'm oh saying? Boy. Oh, boy. Had to say. But you don't want that, I feel like. Like, I don't, I don't want this come across the wrong way. I don't want the next GM, GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars to be trending on Twitter for two days straight because it's so intriguing, because it's so polarizing, or because it's just so, oh, wow, they, they got him. I want it to be the most boringest, that's not a word, but most boringest, might be a word now, most boringest GM and head coaching signing of all time. I really do. Because you, you got the sexy person right now in Trevor Lawrence. Like, that's, that's the marquee. That's what you come to see. You saw what happened when you had Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, two figures that got all the attention. It didn't gel well. It just didn't, you know, it didn't work out. It was like oil and water. just didn't work out. I need more of just run-of-the-mill, and, and once again, don't let this to sound the wrong way, but I don't need exciting hires this time around, okay? We had the exciting hire, and it didn't work out. So I just need hires that make me go, hmm, that's interesting. I have a serious hmm. question about the what do you GM. Got? Does anyone know any other option besides Lewis Riddick? Like, does anyone have any other clue who could potentially be hired for the GM? I don't think so. That's why everybody I wants Lewis Riddick. I think it's Lewis he's Riddick. He's on NFL Live. That's why we want him. But how ironic is it that he's never been a GM before? You know? Yeah. No, like, I'm with I, you. I, I mean, like, you know, if, and I get it. GMs and coaches are different. Josh McDaniels. 
Yeah, he was in Denver. Yeah, he won a playoff game with Tim Tebow. But yeah, it fell apart real quick, and some of that due to Tim Tebow, right? Some due to the, his evaluation of talent. You're not going to have a quarterback issue here in Jacksonville. You're, you're, you're going to have a Trevor Lawrence issue, and that's going to be a good thing, I think. So, like, I'm not worried about that. A second go-around would be good for Josh McDaniels. I'm not opposed to Byron Leftwich, but Lewis Riddick, it's just, it's the sexy name. And this team doesn't need the sexy name right now. This team just needs a consistent guy who we know can deliver. Lewis Riddick could be a boomer bust guy. Don't get me wrong. Could be the best gym of all time. I don't want to find out. We'll see what happens. Morning, ESPN 690. We get back. Right, it's like the, the first day. So here you go. You're welcome. You know, we're going to give you um, new concu- I mean, uh, COVID protocols. You know, so hey, we have to deal with what we're what, with. Uh, you know, what comes our way. Um, the guys were great. You know, just everybody kind of had to refresh a little bit. You know, the, the mute button and you know all those kind of things. Oh yeah, where's that thing at? You know, and so uh, but it was it was great meetings. Guys were all all did it from home, and so now their their travel is getting ready to get here. Sounds like Sean McVay to me. No. Maybe Daryl Bevel. Oh, I was way off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. You I haven't mean, heard him talk a lot? I just, <laughs> no, you haven't. No, that makes sense. That's Daryl Bevel. He kind of has that Sean McVay vibe to him a little bit, though. Maybe it's an offensive-minded kind of cadence thing. We're going to need to see some Sean McVay out of him, then. No, we're going to need to see some big-time Sean McVay out of Daryl Bevel. Do you think we're going to see a different Trevor Lawrence? You think we're going to see a different Jaguars offense now with Urban Meyer being gone? I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, do I have any evidence? No, but I just have a feeling like they can't, they can't be this bad. Well, I think we're going to see a different Jaguars offense just because you're playing the Houston Texans. Like, well, yeah. I feel more confident playing the Texans. Like, let's say Meyer left the week of the Patriots game and all of a sudden a Bevel's taken over. Yeah, it's tough. I'd be like, yeah, they might have found some new confidence and play for Daryl Bevel, but right. I also feel like New England's defense is going to shut them down. Yeah. I, you know? I said to Amanda last night uh, at home, I was like, we assume that Daryl Bevel, like they haven't been running the ball, whatever, right? We assume that's on Daryl Bevel for not calling runs, whatever. Yeah. But I said to him, man, I'm like, if you're Daryl Bevel, boy, do you have an opportunity. James Robinson appears to be fully healthy, mm-hmm. and you have no Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. So you want to make everybody think it was Urban Meyer's fault? Run the ball 30 times. Oh, no, for you sure. You see what I'm saying? Oh, for you sure. You could make up for a whole season and blame somebody else, even if it's not their fault. Like, you could totally change the tune of your thought in Jacksonville if you just run the football. Well, and that's why this game is so important, too. Because if you can come out and win this game, which Vegas would say that you're supposed to win this game against Houston, that changes the narrative really quick. Because now all of a sudden we're saying, all right, yeah, there's some injuries. All right, yeah, maybe they're not the best personnel, but it was all Urban Meyer's fault, right? Like, that's what this fan base, that's what I think even the media, including myself, that's what we want to do. We're going to come out and say, oh, look at how good this team played. Sure, it's the Houston Texans. But look at how good this team played. Like, oh, it's Urban Meyer's fault, right? And then going forward the, the last, you know, four games, if you could have that type of dialogue going on, if that's the headline that was all Urban Meyer's fault, well, then going into the next season, you at least feel a little better about yourself. Right now, it's going to be a – you got New England coming up. New York, you know, I get they're coming here. Yes. No, you're going to oh, New York. Oh, New York. Who's, who else? I'm sorry, the Colts are coming Colts, here. I'm yep. sorry. Colts are going to be, you know, hopefully in playoff contention here. So, well, I say hopefully. We'll see because I think I had them going to the playoffs. But they're going to be coming in uh, to Jacksonville. Then you're on the road in New England, on the road in New York. So, if you can win two of those games, that would be ideal. 
that would set a precedent. One game, okay, you know, a little better. But if you can beat Houston and somehow find a way to beat New York, now you're cooking. And if you can play competitive games against New England and Indianapolis, then you may have something here. Then it's going to be, oh, it was all Urban Meyer. You do have the Colts in the playoffs, by the way. Uh, it's not guaranteed, though, yet, is it? No, I'm saying you, oh, you, oh, yeah, I have you the receipts. Probably, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do have the call. Yeah, oh, thank you very much, yeah. Auditor. Thank you very much. Speaking of Auditor, let's go back to work here because we got – I'm going to call – I'm going to put him in the syndicate. I'm going to put this guy in the ESPN 690 syndicate because I think he's called two days or maybe three days in a row right now. We got Adrian back on the line, coming back for some more, buffet style, if you will. Adrian, what's going on, man? How are we doing today? I'm, I'm doing great, and I'm down here at Ormond Beach getting ready to hit the water. Amen to that. I'm jealous of you. Uh, exactly. But yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. I, I I don't know if I'm a member of the syndicate, but I I uh, did call in yesterday about this Urban Meyer thing, and to me, you know, I asked the question hypothetically yesterday. Uh, it wasn't to me. It wasn't so much you know how he got fired, is how he got hired. Mm. And if you're looking at trying to hire a new coach, I'm guessing that. There's some issues with the Jacksonville management, front office, ownership, however you, you know, you know more about the business than I do, but uh, that make it so that they had to hire somebody like Urban Meyer because nobody uh, in their right mind wants to come. It's like uh, I'm from Ohio, and I'm a huge Ohio State fan and all that, and also a Bengals fan and a Browns fan, and I've seen how those – those management teams, you know, they took great franchises and just totally ripped them apart for decades. And I would really, you know, I just, I don't know, you know, I would really hate to see Jacksonville, you know, they've already been in the, in the depths, but, you know, it ultimately, I think uh, it goes to the higher level management of these franchises sometimes. That's all I have. Agent, thanks for the call, man. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I think in terms of the decisions that have been made here, let's, see, let's put it in the past decade, right? Whether it was Gus Bradley, whether it was bringing in Tom Coughlin, whether it was hiring Urban Meyer, like it's not just Shad Khan making these calls now. Come on. It's, it's, a, it's a group or a couple of people that he's entrusted to help run this football team. Now, I don't know who exactly those people are. I can have a good idea of who some of them are, but I don't have the exact roster in front of me, if you will. But this is a, this is a conglomerate. This is a collective here. And the people who said, bring Tom Coughlin in, give him all this power, yeah, you got 2017, but then those people also said, well, yeah, it's going to be fine if it's Doug Marone doing his thing over here and Tom Coughlin's doing his thing over there, and there's no communication of where the chain of command is. Like, that, that's an issue. That's an issue on any kind of organization. I don't care if it's football, baseball, or everyday life. you got to have communication. So, I think with Urban Meyer, and I was one of these people, it was the ultimate boomer bust get. All right? Like, a part of me was like, oh, I don't know. But even more of me was like, well, this is going to work because this guy's a winner. Right? And that's what you wanted to see in Jacksonville. So, yeah, you, you took a swing and, and, you, and you whipped like you've never whipped before with this organization. Maybe the, the worst run as an NFL head coach in NFL history. Let's call it like it is. But you also got to remember that 
The front office, yeah, they're a thing. But to me, it's about who you put in charge in the situation. Whether you want to call it front office, GM, owner, like it, it's all a collective here. And right now, Shad Khan, he just he hasn't found that right combination of guys, I think, to to overrun things and say, all right, this here's what we got to do. He's had combinations. He's tried new things. It still hasn't worked out. One would think whoever he's relying on in this next time around, this go-around, knows what they're doing, has a, a vision, a queer vision, and it's also a safe vision. I've said this before. you got to go with a safe pick here in your next head coach and your next GM. More on ESPN 690 when we get back.